Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of John. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of John. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them you look fantastic tonight. Can we welcome our online church? Come on, a bunch of people watching online. I know some of you are waiting to get your vaccine or you just feel safer at home. We love you. And we got people actually all over the world watching. So I love it. All across Facebook and YouTube, we're glad that you are logged on. We just ha- finished having our first service. This is our second service of the evening, and uh, we're glad. We got pastors, leaders there. We'd love to connect with you. So let them know where you're watching from. One more time. Come on, let's welcome our online family. We love you. We're glad you're watching. John chapter 19 down to verse 28. Verse 28, if you're there, can you say amen? Amen. If you don't have a Bible, share with the person next to you, the person that you just told them they look good. Um, Share with them. If not, we're going to put it up on the screen as well. Beginning in verse 28, uh, we're reading about what happened on that Friday uh, afternoon when Jesus was crucified. We're picking it up in verse 28. It says, later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. Now, it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and those of the other, verse 33. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. A blood and water. Blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows what he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one that they have pierced. They will look on the one that they have pierced. On that Friday evening as Jesus hung on the cross, the Roman soldier pierced his side. And the Bible says that blood and water came out of his side. For the next few moments, I want to talk about the crucifixion and the blood of Jesus. In fact, tonight I want to talk to you from this idea, this thought, this title, Life in the blood. Life in the blood. Write that down. We'll talk about the blood for a little bit and uh, then we'll receive communion, worship, and have an amazing night. Amen? 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. Thank you for each and every single person that's here or watching across a church online. We're so thankful for this Friday evening across our services as we look and put our attention and our eyes on you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all of God's people say, oh, come on, all of God's people say, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. It was a year and a month ago. It was March 15th, 2020, that uh, we decided to go completely online as a church because a virus, an intruder, had entered our world. Somebody say intruder. Everybody remember when the pandemic started? Does anybody remember life pre-pandemic? Seems like it was thousands of years ago. The virus entered our world, entered our country, and organizations like ours, institutions, sports leagues, restaurants, businesses, offices, all had to operate differently. It threw our world out of order. Everything changed. Relationships changed. Families couldn't see each other for a while, hug each other. Birthdays were celebrated with drive-bys. Come on, everybody remember that? grandfathers and grandmothers couldn't see their grandkids and uh, this virus this intruder changed it all it changed the way that we thought of life it changed the way that we walked with life something out of the ordinary with the potential to destroy and to kill was introduced to our world now much like that virus much like the virus we have another intruder that has been around for centuries that has also been plaguing mankind this intruder is called sin. Somebody say sin. I know we don't like talking about sin often and, and we like more, Alex, let's talk about grace. Let's talk about hope. Let's talk about love and peace in the world. But in order to understand the love and the peace that Jesus brings, we need to understand the destruction that sin brings. Sin is an intruder. In the Greek, it's the word hamartia, hamartia. And it literally means to miss the mark. We miss the mark all the time. Humanity misses the mark daily. It literally is a term uh, used when going and playing, uh, what's it called, archery? Is that how you say it, pronounce it? Archery, archery? <laughs> to miss bullseye in archery, you missed the mark. You didn't hit the intended goal. Well, God has a standard, and every single day, you and I, we sin, we miss the mark. We, we don't hit God's holy and perfect standard. Now, some of us, we say, but we're good people. We're great people. We help out our neighbors. We feed our communities. We, we love on one another. We're amazing people. Like, Alex, I'm a nice person. You should see the comments I leave on people's Instagram profiles. Like, I'm, I'm an encourager. I give to my community. I give to online things that happen and, you know, all kind of support and pledges. But at the end of the day, we are sinners, the Bible says. We miss God's holy standard. The standard is not the one that you and I can come up with. The standard is God's standard. And his standard is perfection. His standard is holiness. His standard is awesome all the time. And I don't know about you, but I can't be awesome all the time. <laughs> There's no way we can be perfect all of the time. It is impossible. And so sin, the virus, the intruder, it has come in and it has destroyed humanity. Let's go back in history. The first person to sin was Adam and Eve. Now, we can sit here and blame Adam. Like, if I would have been Adam, pff, I would have not ate it. 
There's no way I would have ate the fruit in the garden of Eden. But come on, we sin every day. If it was us, we would have done the same. Like some of us can't even keep a diet plan. We keep saying Monday and next Monday and next Monday, but yet we blame Adam. Come on, we are. We're, we missed the mark. <laughs> right? We don't reach our goals. There's no way we will ever reach God's standard. And so Adam missed the mark. Adam was the first representative of all of humanity. And as the first representative, whatever Adam did was passed down to the rest of humanity. And so Adam sinned, sin entered his system, and that way now sin has entered humanity. And that's why you and I, we are born in sin. Alex, that's not true. Look at a child that's two years old, sinners. Can I get an amen? <laughs> There's some angry parents, angry uncles in here, and I'm going to pray for a few things tonight, but like nobody has to teach a child to lie. Nobody has to teach a child to be greedy, right? Like, like the other day, my, my, my niece, who is absolutely gorgeous, Sienna, she's the best. She lied to me in my face. Sinner, like that, she's a sinner, right? We are all born in sin. Sin has come and it has destroyed relationships. Sin has come and it has destroyed families. Sin has come and it's, it's plagued our world. Like we, we're talking about a pandemic in this last year and a half. You want, to talk about, you want to talk about a pandemic? Like let's look at the pandemic of sin and what it's done for centuries. Just turn on your TV for a moment and we see the hatred that sin brings, the envy, the greed between people, between friends, between relationships, the lust and the adultery and everything that the sin brings, the murder, the hate, the, hate, the rape, the, the abuse, like sin has destroyed and plagued humanity. What do we do with sin? Like there has to be a solution for sin. Somebody needs to do something. Is there a vaccine? Like, 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 does anybody know what to do with the problem of sin? Because it's killing us. It's killing us. Kills us daily. We think wrong. We speak wrong. We act wrong. We live wrong. What do we do? And so humanity, we've tried coming up with all kinds of solutions. Like maybe if I go on a mountain retreat for a year with no sound and no speaking, like I'll become like this person all by myself. I'll, I'll settle some issues and be away from everybody and I'll come back perfect. Like maybe if, if I try reading certain books and we try all kinds of things, maybe if I do some kind of holistic medicine, it'll, it'll fix the issue. Maybe if I, if I get rid of some things and here's the problem. An old saying says the problem is that wherever you go, there you are. Doesn't matter if you go up to a mountaintop, doesn't matter if you go to the shore of a beach, it doesn't matter what you take, what you drink, what you smoke. The problem is the human heart. The human heart is sinful, it's in us. And so here's the problem we can't come up with a solution because we are the problem. You and I are the problem. We are sinners. But tonight, 
we're reminded that when there was no solution, that when sin seems to be destroying humanity, 2,000 years ago, God provided a solution. God sent his son to die on a cross. Come on, anybody grateful for Jesus? Anybody grateful for all that he did? Anybody grateful for the cross? Anybody grateful that there is an answer? There is a hope. There is a healing agent. Oh, come on, it's not found in the mountain. It's not found in just any book. It's found in the life book. It's the Son of God. It's Jesus Christ. And it's his blood that brings forgiveness. Can I get an amen? In fact, I want to tell you tonight, the blood of the Savior is the only solution for our sin. It's the blood of the Savior. What's the solution? What can we do about this sin? It's the blood of Jesus. It's the greatest vaccine the world has ever seen. (laughs) It's the blood of Jesus. It's a powerful agent. Now, for us to understand this, let's go back just a little bit. Follow along just a little bit. Adam and Eve were in the garden, right? Go all the way back to the beginning. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they both fell short. They missed the mark. They fell short of God's holy standard. They sinned. What did they do after they sinned? They hid, and they covered themselves with leaves. Like, we've seen the depictions, right? Like, where they cover, like, no, they probably actually had, like, bigger leaves. And they cover themselves. And God comes and says, why are you hiding? Who told you you were naked? And then he says, like, that's not going to cover sin. Because you can't cover sin with outside exterior things. That's why some of us, we're still trying to cover sin with exterior things. We have shame and guilt in our life, but, but I just want to put a good selfie on IG and maybe that will help take off some of the shame and the guilt. And if people just see a smile, they won't know my brokenness. And if people just see me in a good relationship and all lovey-dovey, they won't realize that I'm broken inside. But the only one that can see it is God and he sees that you're broken and he's trying to show you the solution. It's called Jesus. A house won't do it. A car won't do it. Clothes won't do it. Louis Vuitton, Prada, Gucci won't do it. It'll only be the blood of Jesus. Anybody with me? it's only the blood but we keep trying to fix it with exterior things I know you look good in Louis but the Louis won't take away the sin and so Adam and Eve tried covering with exterior things and God says no let me let me slain an animal and he kills an animal and he covers them with the skin of the animal it's in Genesis. You don't believe me? Go back to Genesis chapter 3. Read it tonight. Right? He covers them with the skin of the animal. And here we begin to see that Jesus has a way of dealing with sin. And every time sin showed up, there had to be a sacrifice of the life because sin is that serious. Genesis 22, he tells Abraham, I will provide a, a lamb for you. Go back a little, a little bit. I mean, go, go further a little bit more. Exodus chapter 12, the people of God are in Egypt. And they've been in slavery for 400 years. And he sends Moses to deliver the people, right? Let my people go. You've seen Prince of Egypt, right? Like it's an amazing movie. You know it, right? He goes up before Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's heart is hardened. And so what does God begin to do? He begins to send plagues against their sin and rebellion. Pharaoh was a sinner like us. He hardened his heart. That's why the Bible says today, don't harden your heart. And he has to send plagues to teach them a lesson and say, these are my people and I'm trying to send them to create our own nation. The 10th plague was that he was going to take the firstborn of each Egyptian family. And what did he tell the people of God? He said, I want you to go and kill a lamb. Slain a lamb, shed its blood, 
and then grab the blood and put it on the doorpost of your house. When the spirit of death comes over Egypt, it will recognize the blood and it will pass over your house. God's judgment was coming against Egypt, but the one who had applied the blood did not receive judgment, but received grace. Are you following along with me? Right? So, so the angel of death comes and the people of God are prepared. And that night, the Egyptian people all lose their firstborn except the people of God who had applied the blood of the lamb to their door. Oh, come on. I want to tell you that today, it doesn't matter what may be out there. It doesn't matter what may be coming against us. Come on. We have the blood of the lamb of Jesus. Anybody grateful for the blood of the lamb? Oh, come on. Apply the blood of the lamb. Live by the blood of the lamb. I'm grateful for the cross of Calvary because in that cross, the blood was shed and I plead the blood over my life. I plead the blood over my family. Come on. Let's talk about the blood a little bit more. It's the blood of Jesus that saves. Nothing else can do it. It's the blood of Jesus. And all of a sudden we see that in Egypt, God now begins this sacrificial system. And they have to do it once a year after that. After that, it's called Passover to remember when death passed them over. Kind of like us, we celebrate every single Good Friday once a year because we remember that death is not final because now it passes over us because we applied the blood that was shed at the cross. Anybody grateful for the blood? It's the blood of Jesus that came. It's the blood of Jesus that forgave us. Without blood, we can't be forgiven. Now we needed perfect blood and thankfully a perfect man came. We needed a blood that was without sin, without blemish, without guilt. And Jesus Christ appeared on the scene. And when he appeared on the scene, John the Baptist goes, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. Like Phil said earlier, the Son of God became the Lamb of God. And he came and he took away the sins of the world. It's what we remember as we look at the cross. When we see the images and the movie and the horrors, and it was gruesome, bloody, messy, it's because the perfect God-man needed to give up his perfect blood so that we can be forgiven and judgment could pass over us. Tonight, we think about the cross. We remember the cross. We're grateful for the cross. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. Come on, it's the blood of Jesus today that will will take away your guilt. It's the blood of Jesus today that will take away your shame. Today, if you're here and you're full of shame, if you got stuff in your life that you say, here, nobody else knows, and I'm living with guilt and shame in my life, I want to tell you, shame comes off you tonight because the blood of Jesus can make you clean, can make you white as snow, all that is erased in the blood of Jesus. Because of what he did as he hung there gasping for air, as his lungs began to collapse, literally, Roman crucifixion was the worst of the worst. There were literally Roman officials that wouldn't even like speaking about crucifixion for the others because they were embarrassed of how gruesome it was. Yet it's what they did to Jesus. Much worse than we've seen it, by the way. Crucified, completely covered in sin. You could not see Jesus because of the way sin, blood, 
his skin just ripped open, covered him. You could not recognize him. Many believe historians he was crucified naked. Imagine the shame. With his mother watching and his friends watching. All for you and all for me. I'm grateful tonight for the blood of Jesus. What did, the, what did the blood of Jesus do? I'll, I'll finish with these three things and then we'll take communion together. We'll worship and we'll thank him tonight for all that he's done. Number one, when Jesus came, he, he became our substitute. Somebody say our substitute. Became our substitute. Because you and I deserve to pay for our sin. The truth is we, we deserved to be the one receiving the penalty for our sin. But he stood in as the substitute. Many people say, Alex, but God is love. He's love, 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 love. Like, he, right? I got love, love, talking about the love of God. And I love it too. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. It's the love of God that brought Jesus. But just as God is perfect and holy in his love, he's perfect and holy in his justice. Are you following along? Like a lot of us will see evil in the world. We're like, oh, who's going to do something about that? He already has. And he will. It's God's perfect and holy justice that has to do something about sin. Sin is offensive. It, it, it is evil. Why there was such a messy, bloody system is because we needed to see the seriousness of sin. We begin to take sin lightly. And the Bible says then it makes our hearts grow cold. Well, let's talk about the grace of Jesus. This is getting, this is getting too, too serious, Alex. Like, I know. But somebody needs to pay for the sin. And so God says, in my perfect and holy justice, I have to do something about sin. And since he has perfect and holy justice, he has perfect and holy wrath. Oh, this gets worse. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, no, 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 go back to love. His wrath is going to take care of justice. Now, God does not prefer to walk in wrath, but he can't skip over wrath because he's full of justice. And so there has to be a penalty for sin. So the people of God in old times, follow along with me, in the Old Testament, the people of God would bring goats, sheep, rams, turtle doves, and they would bring it into the temple of God. The temple of God was the bloodiest place. Imagine the smell. Imagine the scene. It was literally like a meat factory in there. And they would slit the throat of these animals. One, they would slit the throat and they would shed the blood of the animal and then they would place it on a, on a brazen altar. Right? This was them putting their sins on the animal because God demanded a life. Why did God demand a life? Why did he demand blood? Leviticus chapter 17. Write this down. One of the most important verses that Leviticus gives us. I know a lot of us skip over Leviticus. We're like, you know, Genesis, not Leviticus. No, Leviticus is important. Look at this. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the the life of something is in the blood of that thing right and so it says and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life in other words it's the blood of you and I that gives us life science has not proven this to be real if you go, the Bible's actually, it's, it's proven real, right? If you go to the doctor, he takes out some of your blood to see how healthy you are. If you drain enough of your blood, you die. You can't function without blood. There's life in the blood. And God says, sin is so serious, blood needs to be shed. 
Because I gave you a perfect life, I want a perfect life back. I gave you a perfect life back, a perfect life, and when that perfect life becomes a sinful life, the only way to get a perfect life back is to transfer your sin into something that has blood. Are you following along with me? And so the people of God would lay their hands on an animal and they would transfer their sins to the animal and they would kill the animal. Another one, they would transfer their sins and they would release it and it would become the scapegoat. We've heard of the term scapegoat, right? And so when Jesus comes, he is the substitute. In other words, what happened in the Old Testament was just temporary because it wasn't equal. God gave us a human life, not an animal life. I don't care what doctors or scientists or your biology teacher wants to tell you. You are not an animal. You are a human with a soul and a spirit. God made you different than an animal. And so this was just a temporary solution. We transferred our sins to an animal and the animal took our place. But the animal does not equal a human life. And then we would go to the priest and the priest would be the one to sacrifice and put it on the altar. But the priest doing the sacrifice is just as simple as me. So the system was just a temporary system. Because it was an animal, not a human. And there was another sinner that was ordaining this. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that a greater priest came. And he wasn't a sinful priest. He was a sinless priest. He was the perfect priest. He had no sin in his blood. He had no sin in his spirit. He had no sin in his soul. Oh, come on. Anybody grateful for the great priest? The awesome priest. He's the one that came. And he became a substitute lamb. He was the lamb of God. And he laid down his life. He said, I'll take the sin. Put it on me. And my blood will be the substitute for your blood he was the substitute for our sins my God Isaiah chapter 53 Isaiah chapter 53 says but he was pierced for our transgressions they pierced them what we read in John chapter 19 they, they did it for what I did but he was crushed for for our iniquities you can read it he was crushed for my iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed come on he's the substitute he's the substitute that's why when John the Baptist sees Jesus remember he's his cousin but when he sees him in the wilderness he's like ah John chapter 1 verse 29 behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world because not only did he become the substitute as he took sin on and became the sacrifice he also became the scapegoat the scapegoat that took away the sins of the world where did he take them as far as the east is from the west oh come on they're at the bottom of the ocean floor where is my sin God doesn't even remember no more because the scapegoat took them away oh come on because of Jesus he's a substitute you can be clear tonight you can be free tonight you can be healed tonight you can stand guiltless in front of the father because of the substitute come on if you're thankful for the blood give Jesus a big praise tonight come on it's the blood it's the blood of Jesus he took on he took on and he took off our sin the scapegoat that ran off with our sin tonight stop carrying where you're not supposed to be carrying he was the goat the greatest of all time he was also the lamb that laid down his life. Number one, he became the substitute as he hung there on that cross, bleeding, lungs collapsing, gasping for air. He was also the ransom, too, the ransom. You and I, we, we owed a debt. 
we, we had a big bill. And I don't know about you, but have you ever paid off a big bill? The other day we're hanging out. It was just this week. We're preparing for Good Friday and Easter and we're hanging out here in the offices and getting ready for practice. And Ryan, the drummer, anybody love Ryan, our drummer? He's absolutely amazing. He's also single and handsome. And uh, see me after, I'll give you his number and email. But he says, hey, hey. He walks into the office really happy. He's like, hey, I just paid off my car. We were so excited. Isn't that the best feeling ever? It's the best feeling. And then he says, I want to go buy another one. I'm like, oh, it's not that. He's just kidding. He was kidding. He was kidding. Um, a weight comes off when you pay that last bill. Man, don't call me no more. I just paid it off. <laughs> All right. Like we had a bill against us. Sin racked up a bill against our life. It, that's why it crushes people. People who are walking around with sin and guilt, the weight of that bill is crushing them. Shame, guilt, I know what I've done. Even if you don't believe in God tonight, there's a moral conscience that is in you that won't let you go to sleep because you know you've done wrong in your life. But God was so good that he said, not only do I provide a substitute, I also provide somebody to pay the bill. His name is Jesus. And he paid the bill by his blood. Look what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. In him, we have redemption. We've been redeemed. The ransom has been paid through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. He redeemed us. He purchased us back. He paid the ransom. In our culture, we think a ransom is to pay somebody off to let the kidnapper go. It's the innocent party paying some guilty criminals for taking somebody they love, right? That's the ransom. Like, hey, pay the ransom and we'll let your family member go. But in Jewish custom, old ancient times, it was reverse. The guilty person, when we hear ransom, they had to pay a fee in order to be set free. And the innocent party decided if that ransom was good enough. For example, if you had an ox... Maybe you own an ox in here. But if you had an ox and your ox would kill the family member of somebody down the street, either it was their life or they had to pay a ransom. The guilty party had to pay the innocent party for their family member. But God, in his infinite wisdom and love, says you can't pay the bill so I'll send somebody to pay the ransom for you you and I have been freed of charge you and I have been forgiven you and I have been healed oh why is it a good Friday because we are no longer slaves to sin come on we have been free by the blood of Jesus that's why we celebrate that's why we have joy that's why we're excited yes he died but that blood on that cross oh come on it freed me I'm no longer a slave to sin I'm now a child of God forever it's the blood it's the blood it's the substitute it's the ransom and when we see Jesus hanging on the cross first Peter chapter 1 verses 18 through 19 Peter says for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors but it was with the precious blood somebody say precious blood the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Peter says, 
Your life is valuable. You have value tonight. I don't know if this is for somebody online or this is for somebody here. You are valuable to God. You matter to God so much that he didn't save you with Visa, with MasterCard, or with American Express Platinum Edition. Right? He didn't save you with a stack of money. He didn't save you by making some kind of monetary exchange. He saved you by the precious blood. Oh, Peter says it wasn't with gold or silver. It was with blood that he purchased you because you matter too much to God. Because your life is too valuable. Because you're special in his eyes. Because he loves you so much. Oh, come on. You matter to God. Your life has value. Your life has value in the eyes of almighty God that he shed his blood for humanity. Your life matters. Your life has value. And all the world is screaming today is you have no value. It's the antichrist system in our world. But God says you have value because he paid for you with precious blood. Oh, precious is the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that was the substitute. It was the ransom. And third and finally, we'll finish with this. It was the provider. It was the provider. The blood of Jesus became our provision. Because you and I could never come up with a sacrifice good enough to do something about our sin. In fact, Leviticus chapter 17, it says, The life is in the flesh, but I have provided it. That is the Lord speaking. He has provided the lamb for us. You and I can never find this provision on our own. And humanity still tries to pay for sins on their own. Like we, God, I'll, I'll offer you this really good life. And God is like, that's not really good. Because you know your deepest, darkest secrets. And you'll be great for a week. Anybody ever had like a great week? <laughs> and then like, you know, like on Friday night, you're like, I, I just completely messed up. Yeah, because we're sinners. Well, God, I'll offer you this really good behavior. Well, God, I'll offer you all this really good stuff. And God says, no, you're, you're trying to pay for something that I already paid. Because I offered a lamb. And the lamb was sinless, without blemish, without anything. And it was the sacrifice of God, from God, for us. He provided. He provided peace for our soul. He provided grace for our lives. Oh, come on. He provided hope for tomorrow. Healing for our mind. There's provision in the cross. Tonight, are you lost? Are you saying, I, I can't keep carrying around this weight of sin? Look at the cross. Look at the blood of Jesus. Because it's life in the blood that was demanded. And it was the life of the blood in Jesus that was given. Not just to appease the wrath, but for us to receive the life. Tonight, there's life in the blood. There's life in the blood. If you walked in tonight without life, there's life in the blood. Tonight, if you walked in tonight and you're like, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm low on energy. I can't keep going. My faith is about to give out. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Somebody invited me. I'm watching for the first time. There's life in the blood. 
Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what there's life in the blood. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm too messed up. You don't know. You don't understand what I did in my marriage. You don't understand what I've done to my. There's life in the blood. Stop carrying around death when it's already been paid for. There is life in the blood of Jesus. There's life, and so tonight we're going to receive communion in just a moment. What we're receiving is life. Life. He gave his life so that you and I can have life. He was the substitute. He was the ransom. And he was the provider, the provision given to you and I. Let's stand up on our feet tonight. We're going to take communion and remember all that God has done. As we stand up to our feet, why don't we close our eyes and bow our head. First, I would love to offer an invitation for anybody here who, who does not have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in here tonight and you say, Alex, I, I feel distant from God. I feel far from God. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're saying, Alex, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. I got shame and guilt in my life. Maybe you're watching online and you're saying, somebody just sent me a link or I saw it pop up on my social media page or YouTube. And you're saying, I, I need God, but there's no way God can love somebody like me sin the intruder has infected all of us none of us are without sin we are all sinful people sin separates us from a holy almighty God but tonight we remember God's response to that Jesus himself came down and gave his life for me and for you yes I know all that you've done I know all that I've done but God loved us so much that he sent this one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. He gave his blood. He gave his life that was in that blood so that you and I could have life tonight. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. If you're here tonight, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. It's been crushing me. I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. I got guilt and shame. I know what I've done. It's kept me at a, at a bay, at a distance from God. And, Tonight, I need forgiveness. I want a brand new beginning. I want a brand new start. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. If you're here tonight, you say, that's me. That's me. I need, I need Jesus. What do I got to do to be saved, Alex? The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Believe that he died for you. Believe that he shed his blood, that you couldn't do it ever on your own. But his blood did all the work already. And so tonight, I, I'm receiving Jesus. I believe that he's the son of God. And you'll, you'll have a, the best relationship you can ever think of is a relationship with Almighty God. With every eye closed, every head bowed, whether you're watching online or here, I'm going to count to three in a moment. If you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus, at the count of three, raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. We're not going to put a light on you, give you a mic, none of that. Every eye closed, head bowed. I just want to see quickly who I'm praying for. Then you can put your hand right back down. Tonight you're saying, I need Jesus. Come on, on this good Friday, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need a relationship with God. At the count of three, you raise your hand. One two, three, all across this place. Raise it up, raise it up. Hands going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see 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 you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. Amazing. 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 You can put your hands down. If you're watching online, you raise your hand right there. God is seeing you. Father, thank you for all these hands that went up. Every person making a decision. Come on with eyes closed and head bowed. Repeat after me this prayer. In fact, we're all going to say it together as one big family. It's one big church family. Repeat after me. Say it with all you've got. Say, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit 
that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm healed and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a big praise in this place tonight? Hands went up all over this place. If you're watching online and you made a decision as well, we love you. We're here for you. We want to walk this journey uh, alongside with you. Outside at the Connect Corner, we have a free Bible for you, and we would love to hand it to you. If you're here today and you raise your hand, it's an absolutely free Bible. No strings attached. Make sure you pick one up. In fact, some of our dream team is out there. They would love to high-five you and just help you in any kind of way. We love you so much.